And welcome, I'm John Gibbons and this is Alchemy Great to have your company as always It's good to be back as well with something coming close to regularity I really hope you enjoy the show this week We're free and on demand from iTunes and alchemyradio.net And you can follow us and join the community on Facebook and Twitter So don't be shy, come and say hello We exist thanks to your very kind donations So thanks to everybody who does so via our website You're the ones keeping us afloat And as you know, we're completely non-profit and intend to stay that way So, on to the show Alchemy, 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 alchemy this week's guest is Ola Damagord, who is an author, investigator, former journalist and the creator of the website Light on Conspiracies. I'm very pleased to welcome to Alchemy for the first time. But listen, there's a question I ask every first time guest on the show and you're no exception. It's a bit about your background. I'd love to know, how did you get from where you were to where you are now? Well, for me, it started around 1984, where it w- I remember it was the very first time I've ever saw the so-called Sapruda film which is a film that shows the final seconds of the assassination of JFK, where you can see very clearly that this gruesome headshot is fired from somewhere to the front and to the right of John F. Kennedy, not from the back and to the right up in the Texas school book depository, which is to this day the official story, blaming everything on Lee Harvey Oswald. But I mean... You, and a kid, 12 years old, with some knowledge of physics, you know, if, you, if somebody shoots you in the head with a ball, your head will be thrown in that's the same direction away from the ball that hits you. So very obvious that the official story was an absolute lie. And I was so confused because I thought, how is it possible that at that time, it was some 20 odd years after the assassination, that these main news outlets like uh, these big corporations are pumping this out to this day when it's so obvious that it's a lie. And that sort of got me started on on look trying to look into what actually happened. And with the JFK assassination, I don't know how many thousands of hours I put into solving that because that is an absolute masterpiece when it comes to these horrific events. So the way they pulled that one off after 50 years, we're still confused. So that is a, a very, very good operation from their point of view. But that took me down the road to getting more and more interested in the Malcolm X assassination, Robert Kennedy, Martin Luther King, Abraham Lincoln, many, many of these. And then in 1986, uh, I was working as a journalist at the time as well. Uh, the Swedish Prime Minister, Olaf Palme, was shot dead in the streets of Stockholm, which was an absolute shock for Sweden. I mean, that was the last country on earth that uh, at least we who lived there at the time could have imagined that such a horrible crime would happen. Mm. And uh, then when I had studied the other assassinations, I had already started writing sort of like a book for my, just for myself to try and and understand what actually happened at the JFK assassination. It was like I started to to see some kind of template being used in all of these different assassinations where they followed the exact same steps, not always the exact same uh, um, 
way they carried it out on a street level. But the whole thing with a lone crazy guy with an investigation that was put there only to cover the whole thing up, followed by commissions that were only there to cover the whole thing up, uh, with the whole police involvement only there to not find the whole truth, and loads of witnesses being killed, loads of journalists being threatened, all of these things. That template was sort of showing very clearly in all these different events. And then when it happened in Sweden, I started seeing the exact same template in being used, which absolutely blew me away because I thought, how is this possible that a crime that is blamed on a lone, crazy Swedish guy was using the exact same template as these other major, major assassination where there were international, very big powers behind. So I started looking at the Swedish one from a different point of view, from a higher point of view. And uh, it even came to a point where after studying the other assassinations and where I put down sort of the, the, the bullet points that I thought were being used, I could even predict what was going to happen in Sweden. And that was exactly like I predicted one of the things just by looking what happened at the JFK, Martin Luther, Robert Kennedy, these cases. And then in Sweden, boom, two weeks later, that exact thing happened. Absolutely freaked me out because I thought, oh, my God, what are we looking at here? What are we looking at here? So I quit my job. I moved to, to Stockholm, and from there on, I spent some 12 years looking into the, the death of, the, of Olaf Palme, the Swedish prime minister. I, and at that point, I was just a Mr. Nobody, you know, just uh, somebody who, who was uh, trying to find out what happened to this beautiful country. And uh, this took me down a very, very dark and scary road, I tell you, where in the end, I, I've... Uh, I tracked down more or less everyone who was involved. I uh, tracked down foreign sleeping agents in Sweden. I, I exposed the, the Swedish part of the assassination. I've written a book called Coup d'etat in slow motion. Coup d'etat in slow motion. You can find it on, on Amazon and other places. And in that, I describe everything, what I've found out, which is an incredible story there as well. And it's with everyone involved, names, photos, uh, maps, documents, everything exposing what actually took place that day. A real rabbit hole by the sounds of things that you decided to burrow down into. I tell you, had I known, I don't know if I'd done it. I mean, it is, and, and in those years, you know, it was way before the internet, and uh, which is a good thing in one way, but certainly security-wise would absolutely horrific because in those days, if you knew anything and you were the only one knowing it, you were in great danger and it was so easy to just get rid of people, you know, boom, and nobody would even notice. You yeah. know, people were found in bathtubs or hit and run accidents, heart attacks, these type of things. And uh, I started seeing a very clear pattern in Sweden of people dying in mysterious circumstances around this case, just like in the JFK assassination, Martin Luther King and so on, exactly following the same thing. And in the end, unfortunately, I even had two friends that was murdered uh, in a small little group. We were a small little group of people devoting ourselves to trying to find out what happened. And I also had a visit, freaked me out as well. And so in the end, I, I decided, uh, me and my, my sweetheart, we decided 
it's not worth it to become part of statistics mm. let's leave and so we moved uh, to Spain and I've, we've been here since the year 2000 absolutely loving it well, fascinating. And what we are talking about, of course, is false flags here. And I think for those who may not be overly familiar, very briefly, give us an outline of what a false flag is. And after that, I think it might be beneficial to have a look at the actual assassination of Olaf Palma, because it's, I think, an assassination of a figurehead or a leader or somebody like that is something that really gets to the core of a nation's collective or social psyche. And the one that you're going to talk about then is one that might not be overly well known outside of Sweden. And of course, we do have an international audience here. So first off, a false flag for anyone who might not know what it is. How would you best describe it? A false flag is an old naval term. Uh, it comes from the days when England, uh, Spain, Holland, these type of countries were out raping, plundering everywhere in the world with their uh, navies. And uh, even in those days, if you just, if they just went in and totally massacred a small little innocent country, that could affect the trading agreements and, and the relationship with neighboring countries and so on. So what they did instead, them being the bully, they often put the enemy's flag or the so-called enemy's flag on their own ship and then let one of their own ships attack themselves so that they became the victim of this attack and had to defend themselves, meaning that that would then justify foreign invasion, rape, plunder, all of that. And then they would even be greeted like heroes for doing that exact same thing. So this is something that has been used I don't know how many hundred of times, I don't know how many wars, I would say more or less every single war that I have looked into, and there are many, have been started on some kind of a false flag uh, basis, you know, where one of these big nations, especially the US, they love it, uh, attack themselves, which will then justify for them to go in and invade and rape and plunder, occupy and so on. So that is what a false flag uh, operation is. So we're looking at it's the manipulation so, of perception, essentially. That is it, you know, and the pirates took up, uh, they even thought that, wow, this is a great idea. So they just turned it around. And so the pirates put whatever ship they were going to attack, they put their flag on their ship. And so that they, they, the, the victim, they wouldn't even notice until the ship got really close and then suddenly saw, oh my God, that ship is filled with pirates. But then it was too late. Mm. So it's a psyop. It's a psyop. And I tell you, so, so many of these so-called mass shootings and these so-called Allah Akbar Islamic terrorist attacks are absolute, sorry my language, bullshit. They're absolute baloney lies. No, not a true word anywhere totally false flag operations, state-sponsored terrorism. And I've devoted my life to exposing these things and exposing these templates because it is extremely important, I think, to find out who are carrying these things out. Is it either a group of crazy Muslim fundamentalists that wake up for breakfast and just figuring out new places to blow up, yourself included, mm. or are these things that are carried out to freak the living bejesus out of you so that we will accept their agenda. And when I say their, these are the people we think we have elected and put in power. Because then suddenly we're looking at state-sponsored terrorism, where they, the people are there to protect us, are the ones totally 
destroying us, blowing us up, killing us. For us, it's built an old Roman template called problem, reaction, solution. Problem, reaction, solution. They, the elite few, they call themselves the elite. I have a lot of other names I could call them. They secretly create a problem in the form of a financial breakdown or a terror attack or a bomb or a virus scare or something like that. They secretly create the problem without us knowing it to get the reaction from us. They want an emotional reaction so that we do not use the brain. We just go into emotional reaction Mm. where we just like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And then we being freaked out, turn towards the people that we believe believe are there to protect us. The ones that we have elected as well, that leaders of the countries, politicians, so on. We turn towards them and say, please, please help us. We need protection. And then they who secretly created the problem will serve us the solution. And the solution is every single time the very same thing. More and more control militarized police, surveillance, unjust wars that we are paying for. It's all the time you, I, the normal person who had to pay, who had to give up our civil rights, our liberal rights, our human rights, and so on. So it's very, very simple. And they've used it so many times and they keep using it and they will be keep using it until we expose it so that it will stop. Yeah, well, at the end of the day, if something works, they're going to keep doing it. For sure. And it's just, I mean, really, you have to look yourself in the mirror and see how brain dead is it possible to be that they can pull it off hundreds of times and we're still standing there like, wow, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. And we're still being tricked every single time with the same template, the same recipe. It, it really is like watching the same like a Rocky movie, you know, or a, a Sylvester Stallone Rocky movie, and, and you see like one, the Rocky one, two, three, four. When you come to like Rocky 38, <laughs> will you be surprised if he actually wins? I mean, that is the thing. It's so simple, this, this whole template, and we still get surprised. Yeah, and it's funny the because thing, I, th- I think the, the media presents things almost in, in an entertainment type of way now. So people see it, oh, well, here's the next big global problem it's not on my doorstep so I don't have to worry about it I'll enjoy the entertainment in a kind of a a car crash TV type way for the next two days until something else is in the newspaper or on the news or whatever it might be it's like some people love horror movies I hate them but uh, this is the thing but the, the, the magical thing is that for centuries or millenniums there's always been a small little group of very coward um, groups of uh, cowards you know that have put themselves in a, in a powerful position where they said we're so much better than the rest of you so you will have to become our slaves you will have to pay loads and loads of taxes you will have to give me massage my back and, and kiss my feet while I rob stab and torture you so how to do that how have they been able to pull this off and it's only through fear. They, fear is the only way that they can get to the masses. So they need to keep us fearful. Because if we're not fearful and they say, go left, we will just say, you can go left yourself. We will stay here and enjoy ourselves. Go to war. Absolutely not. We're going to have another beer and, and enjoy life. If you want a war, you go. But through these outer enemies, they create these boogeymen 
that are repeating themselves, you know, it doesn't matter in the old days, it was the Russians or the Polish or the East German or Bulgarians, you can just see in the James Bond movies, they show the current uh, trend of whoever the boogeyman is. Yeah. Then that, after the, when the wall uh, went down, suddenly in on stage came the Muslim terrorists that did not exist at all before. And uh, now, uh, uh, many years worked for a while, Al-Qaeda, which is totally their own creation, CIA-sponsored Mossad operation, mm -hmm. uh, that was uh, created during the Afghan war where the Russians were there and so on. So they had the CIA and so were there educating these people. And then when the war ended, they thought, what are we going to use them for? Let's create some terror. And so we can have this problem reaction solution. So Al-Qaeda, which is actually CIA's name for their database, it means database in Arabic, of their agents, they started using them as the, the boogeyman. And then when after some years when you couldn't even scare little children with Al-Qaeda anymore, they had to upgrade it. So they went to Al-Qaeda 3.0, in on stage came ISIS. And then they started changing the name of ISIS so that we would think we would be confused and not sort of have time to really start looking into it. So they started with ISIL or IC or I, I, I mean, they just keep changing it. And when you look into these things, they become an absolute joke, I tell you. I think it is so important you have, when you come to a crime scene, you have to look at the evidence in deep, deep, deep research, not scream false black right away or that is this or that is that. You really need to look at the evidence. But when you, when you really do, like I've done it for many years, it just becomes like absolute, like the worst kind of joke because many of these are pulled off so poorly. So it's... It's just the same, the same, the same, the same. I can predict, I can tell you exactly. I can't tell you the exact location with the next one, but I can tell you the exact scenario, what's going to happen. Yeah, go for it. It's going to be, are you interested? Absolutely. Okay. What, okay, so wherever it's going to happen, it's going to be, if it's in Europe, it's going to be in a country that is connected to NATO. Mm -hmm. I would suggest it would be France, Denmark, England, uh, Germany, Turkey, one of these places, and there will be a horrific, scary terror event, and it will be ISIS, somebody, either they will connect them to ISIS right away, or they will make a lot of comments saying, we have not been able to connect it with ISIS yet, but, bah, 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 bah. but that is just in your subconscious, you ju the only thing you hear is terror and ISIS, boom, yeah. so they don't have to push it on you more than that. Anyway, they're going to be some lone crazy guy uh, who's turned fundament fundamentalist. Who's uh, he's going to have a uh, what do you call it? Dual reality. They started with that now, so he will be like German Iranian or French Tunisian or Danish Afghani or something like that. Yeah. Because both with the patsy and the victims, the victims who there will be a lot of people killed, but you won't be able to find them once you go on site. You won't be able to find death certificates, birth certificates. You won't be able to find their graves. I've been on loads of cemeteries. I've been to loads of authorities. I have not found a single one. Okay, so uh, also the victims will be from multiple countries. If you have like 12 victims, there will be maybe 10 nationalities. 
and that will then make many countries involved included in these things. Mm. Very often you will have witnesses or victims coming from Israel, not Palestinian, Israeli, because the thing will be that uh, in this scenario that is being played out is all the time there's some connection to Palestine, bad guy, bad guy, bad guy, and poor, poor, poor Israel. But actually, it's it's the Mossad presence that you will feel very strongly, especially in the operations here in Europe. Anyway, so here in Europe, there will be this guy with dual nationality. He will have some kind of connection or not with ISIS. And, and he decided for some unknown reason that he will going to kill a lot of people. So he will go out there. There will be a lot of extremely blurry images of him where you will not be able to see anything of either him or the victims, they would be super blurry. Not sure how they managed to do that nowadays with all the mobile cameras, everything with yeah. HD quality and so on. But here, for sure, they will be blurry. The CCTV camera footage would be shut down, incredibly, but they do that all the time. All the time owned by ICTS, a company, Israeli-connected company that controls these uh, these uh, IS. CCTV camera systems. Mm -hmm. uh, so that will be shut down right when it's needed and then confiscated afterwards if there's anything wrong. Also, this, the police communication will, will be shut down right before this thing goes off and then it will start working once the official story is being spread out there through media that is totally controlled. And so you will have the story uh, on site. There will be a reporter in on the operation interviewing a witness in on the operation and so the reporter will say so what happened and the witness will say oh it was so horrible we saw this and that and there was blood everywhere and so on to get you in the emotional state because here we have a problem i mean my god there's blown up women and children women and children that's the key thing to get your emotions going mm -hmm. doesn't work with an old cow or a tractor being blown up, or old farmers, or something like No, women and children, that's the one. And they will show images of beautiful children uh, making drawings where it says, like, please don't hurt us, or something like that. Just by coincidence, that's the exact last uh, drawing this boy made before he was blown to pieces or something like that. But to get the emotions going. So it would be on some kind of symbolic day, national day, Halloween, uh, some kind of uh, Hebrew um, uh, national day or symbolic day or cult day. They, they're very, very specific with the dates. And uh, it will have some, very often, some connection with, with the numbers 911, 711, 7733, or 666, or 322. Some kind of things will be repeated when it comes to the number of victims or the street address, or uh, the time, or the, it's especially the, when the, with, the, with the times, when we're talking about bombs that are being set up and so on, then the times would be uh, connected somehow. But assassinations is a different one, because uh, when you have a victim, it's very hard to pinpoint the exact time that you will be able to do the hit. So these uh, follows a different, uh, uh, sometimes the date will, will be correct, but the time will not fit in. And then uh, you will see 
the witnesses being interviewed, horrible, horrible, horrible. And then your emotions go, oh, my God, oh, my God, there's terror everywhere in the world. I need protection, your mind will say. And then re the reporter, wait for it, wait for it, because now it's now it's, uh, days our concentration plan is getting shorter and shorter due to fluoride in the water, chemtrails, all of this kind of crap. So they need to deliver the message quick before you lose focus. Mm. So the reporter will present to you uh, what the solution is. And like, for instance, at the Charlie Hebdo, if you remember Charlie Hebdo in yeah. France, uh, there were two guys shooting people, they say, in a, in a newspaper uh, office and so on. And the reporter says, so this, this, because of this, we need heightened security at the airports. What the hell was that? Yeah. Do you see? Th this is how they do it. And very often, like after the mass shooting in Norway on the island, the, the chief of the national, the secret police in Norway, she was being interviewed. And she said, well, this would never have happened had the population been microchipped. What the hell was that? Do you see? Yeah, so the agenda is being inserted into the narrative straight away. It is in, yeah, exactly. But it, they do it when you're, um, when you're emotionally open. Yeah. That is the thing. It's like if you hit somebody in the face and shout something at them, they will remember that word you shout at them because you're emotionally open. So they, they make the impact and then pump your subconscious. And you're just sitting there in your sofa, oh my God, oh my God, not even noticing what they're putting in your, in your brain. Mm. And then there, this whole thing will be followed with lots and lots of footage from the site. There will be no footage from the crime scene itself. There will be often no blood. You will see lots of people walking around with golden, uh, these uh, heat blankets uh, looking like victims. They will be transported in and out on buses. And then, um, so are we talking about crisis actors here? Very often, I would say, and I would suggest that we're even looking at the same small little group of people, like 30, 40, a group of like, uh, it's almost like a, a major rock band, the, the crew for a major rock band on tour, so that uh, uh, they would be flown in military planes from NATO country to NATO country, uh, army base to army base in military planes, I would suggest. Uh, they will, this group consists of the same people same people in Germany as in Denmark, as in Sydney, as in Ottawa, as in, in at the 7-7 bombings in Madrid and so on. Same crew, same team, I would suggest. Uh, some of them are crisis actors, meaning they will, they will be really good at uh, screaming, crying, uh, having blood uh, on their clothes, walking around looking like victims. Uh, then you will have a marketing agency that creates logos, slogans, uh, everything except jingles. They can't really use those. But other than that, it can be color coding, like uh, with the Ebola virus, where everything was surrounded by a uh, very green, sharp green, a very sharp yellow, and somebody with dark skin. These combination you would see on so many photos mm. that there were these strong colors and somebody with black skin in the background. This is also the colors that they use for for the, um, uh, what do you call it, the virus scare, the epidemic uh, symbol as well, the biohazard symbol. Yeah. So, so this is how they pump you, pump you, pump you with this. And you are just sitting there not knowing what's going on, just getting freaked out. Then 
it would be followed by uh, somebody from the government who stands up and say, we will not bend down in the face of terror. We will stand united and show that we are an age. These are the real killers. These are the people that have created it. Problem, reaction, solution. So be very aware of who steps forward and say these things. Okay, and that will then be followed with lots of candles, lots of flowers on the side. It will be the same, the same. And there will be big protests for against violence, against terrorism. And you will see that the people are being handed out like uh, either at the Charlie Hebdo. Did you see there were thousands of people with pieces of paper where it said Charlie Hebdo, white print on black paper? Yeah. Now, it is said that people went home and just started printing these things. I tell you, if you know how expensive uh, ink cartridges is, you would print, you would print black, uh, you know, black, black text on a white paper, not the other way around. It cost you a fortune. People wouldn't do it. And it's all the same font everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. They were being handed out this Charlie Hebdo thing uh, je suis Charlie. That is not a natural way. I am Charlie. That is a slogan. That is a slogan. This is marketing agencies that have worked hard and came up with this idea. And you will see in different uh, different countries the slogan and the theme will be different. At the Ottawa shooting, I'm sorry if I keep ranting on. Please stop me. No, no, you... keep going. Keep going. Okay. So in Ottawa, the theme was Lassie. You know, I call it the Lassie theme because the, here in uh, in Ottawa, there said that there was uh, these two soldiers, and uh, he was a really good looking soldier, by the way. Mm. And then two terrorists came in a Toyota. By the way, ISIS, all photos of ISIS sponsored by Toyota. You show me one photo of ISIS where there's a vehicle and it's not a Toyota, I would bite off my little finger. It is there all the time. Anyway, so these uh, uh, terrorists in Ottawa came up in a Toyota. And for some reason, they decided to shoot this soldier. And he was there in a kilt and everything. Uh, and so they, one of the guys sneaked up on him, shot him with four shots, and then ran off and then went to the government building, ran in there. There was a shootout. He was killed. Uh, very dramatic. There was this old, old police guy that threw himself just like James Bond. And while he was uh, horizontal in the air, he fired these shots and killed this guy. Very heroic. And they even showed on the TV news the bullet holes in the wall behind him. Ah, sorry, those bullet holes were there two years before. They were, I've got them on footage. They, these are historical bullet holes from a totally different event. Wow. But anyway, so every time there was anything about this guy who was killed, I forgot his name now, the soldier guy, you, you look on Google Images, there are, I don't know how many photos of him with dogs. And okay, fine, selfie. So fine, this guy had a dog and he made a lot of selfies, but it's not the same dog. There, I don't know how many different types of dogs he is seen with. And what do you think is the, the significance of that? Sorry? What do you think the significance of that is? The significance is that <clears throat> women, children, dogs, animals, 
get emotions going. And here, all of the professional photos from this event, afterwards from the funeral, there were dogs all the time. There were dogs waiting for for their owner that okay. did not come back that day. And you had the, the Canadian flag in the background with the flowers there. The whole Lassie theme, you know, mm. everything. And then there were foundations started from friends. Uh, his friends started this and, and raised, I don't know how much money. They, all of them had T-shirts with dogs on them, you know. It's just, it is how you create a marketing campaign so it's almost it like they're using it, archetypes um subconscious archetypes totally it is this is you might as well have fanta coca-cola fear hmm. they, it's, they go for fear in the in these operations that is what they need to create what is this what is the aim of this campaign we need to freak people out so that they will buy our solution which if it's a fanta they want you to buy a fanta but here they want you to accept all of these horrific things that is according to the new world order that is pushing us into this very very dark corner trying to get total control over our lives a very scary future if we do not stop it now so i know there will be people at this point who will be thinking right lads calm down a little bit they can't all be fake. Surely there are terrorists out there. Surely there are lone gunmen. There are crazy people who will go and shoot people just because of their own ideological beliefs, however warped they may be. Surely this can't all be staged and fake. It's a very good point, John. I absolutely, I totally agree. I can only say that 30 years I have looked into so, so many of these ones I have not managed to find one single Islamic terrorist the way we are being told. Mm. It is inside jobs. You show me one mass shooting that is not set up. You show me one terror attack in the US or in Europe that has not been set up. I have not been able to find them. I, I, I mean, this, it's, uh, you know, I know I sound like a total moron or, or, conspiracy theorist by saying this by the way conspiracy theorist is uh, an expression that was created by the CIA right after the JFK assassination to use against anyone who pushed who pointed a critical and finger at these operations so as soon as they started raising questions boom conspiracy theorists and the reason why they done that is because when you say theory I'm not inter interested in conspiracy theories. I'm only interested in conspiracy facts. Mm. And that's the whole thing. I, but there are people from the CIA stepping forward now. There's one called, uh, I think his name is Robert Steele. There's another one called, uh, I can't remember his first name, but, uh, Blake, I think. All of them saying the same thing. All so-called terror events in the US have been false flag operations. All of them. All, all, all of them. Judge Napolitano said the exact same thing. All of them. And that is great news. I think that is super duper news because then instead of us having to fear and, and be afraid of uh, millions of Muslim people or, or terrorists everywhere, we're just looking at a small, small little group called the, the so-called elite behind the New World Order. They're in the thousands. We're in the billions. 
but they're missing so, so much up. And I think it's great news that we only have to focus on this small little group instead of being living in a, in a fearful world. I'm super optimistic. I, I'm, I'm very happy to come to this conclusion because it would be so much more difficult mm. if it was the other way around. Well, one of the uh, one of the flags that ra- the red flags, as opposed to the false flags, that raises for me when we see these terror events or so-called terror events on a consistent basis, is the fact that nobody ever seems to survive in terms of the perpetrators. Like it seems to be the case that there's the police force or the army or whoever it is seem to be judge, jury and executioner at this point. There's never anybody to tell the tale afterwards. It's always that the perpetrator or the lone gunman or whoever it is ends up dead and that's the end of it. So we are reliant on the official media story unless we apply critical thought to whatever it is is happening. And I mean, most people generally don't do that I think I mean there's been a huge attack on critical thinking within the mainstream I think over the past number of decades and we're starting to see the products and the fruits of that now what are your thoughts on it the reason why they want a lone crazy guy as soon as you hear the word lone not be aware because the reason why they want him alone is then by law there's no conspiracy they do not have to look into it as a conspiracy and then crazy because he was crazy there's no need for a motive so they don't need to look into it there as well and then if he dies by his own force by committing suicide or being killed by the police then case closed thank you folks goodbye and let's go home yeah, this is the thing they want case closed boom as soon as the, as possible and many many of these events here that we've looked upon this 2016 has been ridiculously filled with these crap operations I can go through all of them they're just a joke when you really start looking into them uh, none of them when you really try to find out the perpetrator and where he came from and where he what happened to him you will find so little information about them. Same goes with many, many of the victims. You know, for instance, nowadays, when the internet is uh, so active, if you, there are ways of of retrieving all information, at least uh, available about you, you can make, apply for that. You will get like thousands of pages where you had no idea how, uh, you know, like insurance companies and all of these things are connected. So they have a lot of information on you. When it comes to these people, either the the people that is said to have carried that out or the victims, the paper trail, that is the CIA expression, the paper trail is so short. You will find them on Facebook, but they will have been like one, two, three posts gone. Yeah. You went. And the thing is, I go on location. I'm, I'm just a one man band, but I, I get an undercover uh, uh, like a photographer I bring with me because this these are scary things, you know. Many of these operations are still active. So uh, just because it happens one day does not mean that the operation ends there. They do not want you to expose them. So they, they have people on location in Copenhagen, Paris, London, and so on in these areas. And if you start sniffing around there, they will stop you. So I've been to many, many of these locations Many, many cemeteries, many authorities, many where we've said, where are they? Here are the names. Here they were killed on this day. 
where are they buried? Where are the families? Where are the friends? And you will see that when you go to the school that they used to be there, that they, you know, you, you found the official story, you go there, they say, no, sorry, it must be the wrong school. Mm. Yeah, well, he was buried there. Okay, we go over there, the cemetery. Nope, sorry, uh, don't know about that one. It must be another one. You go to, you try to get the death certificate. Nope, sorry, no such person existed. You try to get the birth certificate. Mm, no, I'm very sorry. Do you see these type of thing keeps, if it's only once, that's okay. Yeah. Maybe something was wrong in the system, something. But when it keeps repeating again and again and again and again and again and again, you start getting sort of a hint of what's going on. Yeah, well, and there's only so many times you can ignore the lack of evidence in places where there should be lots and lots and lots of evidence. That's what I'm saying. I, I am only looking for the truth. Whatever the truth is, whatever the truth will lead me, I will follow it. If the truth is there were so many people murdered by this guy, fine. I have no personal interest in proving it in another way. I just want to find out what the hell is going on and let's stop it so that we can regain this beautiful world the way it's supposed to be in balance, in harmony and compassion. That's the goal. Peace, peace, peace. Absolutely. But, I couldn't agree more. But there, there is a case that I want to talk about, and you mentioned it at the start, one that many people might not be aware of. And I think it's an almost, you know it in depth, and it's almost a textbook case of a false flag. And we'll go into the reasons why it was done and why this particular country was picked. The country being Sweden, of course, and the incident being the assassination of Olaf Palme, the prime minister at the time. Because Sweden is held up in the Western world as a bastion of all that is right about democracy and capitalism and the way that I mean we should all aspire to the Swedish model because there's great healthcare and there's uh, great social protection and all these things now they also have huge tax levels let's talk about Sweden and in particular the assassination of Olaf Palme because that has huge ramifications for Europe I think and I think we will see a lot of parallels and the echo and resonance of that in the years to come still so what can you tell us about that I know you've loads and loads of course you have written the book coup d'etat in slow motion about it so there's probably nobody better qualified to speak on it than you I tell you, John, I would very much like to not talk about that assassination because it is so multi-layered and so intricate and so complex. I tell you, it is the real truth, absolutely mind-blowing. And I sometimes do whole-day seminars, like six-hour seminars, to be able to explain what actually happened. Okay, so, well, can, can you give us a kind of a, a brief outline on the effects that that assassination had on the psyche of the Swedish people and what ramifications that has then for Europe at large or even the world. For sure, for sure. Because the thing is, I would say that the different countries are used in different ways. When you look at the new world order, they look at this world not uh, as a collection of different countries. They look at it like it's a corporation. And the different countries are like uh, franchises. Mm. So when you see, for instance, something happens in France and then something happens in England and uh, 
you think, oh, it's France, oh, it's England. In their point of view, absolutely not. They're just like different pieces on the chessboard playing, played by the same people. So that is why very often you see Thatcherism and Reaganism going on at the same time. And you think, oh, my God, that's a coincidence. Yeah. No, not really. We're being played. And Sweden, I would say, is used as a test-run country for many, many different things because the population is very lame when it comes to um, standing up, you know, they've got, I'm sorry to say, I, I grew up there, I'm born in Denmark, but I grew up in Sweden, and they, they, the backbone is like yogurt, you know, most people, very nice people and so on, but they do not like conflicts and they do not raise their voice. If they get really upset, they would put like a sticker on the uh, bumper of the car, something like that. So this is a perfect place to try out things and see if we can get it working in Sweden, then we will just use the propaganda about, oh, Sweden is the most wonderful country, the most, I used to think that as well before the Palma assassination. I had no idea what was going on. And then once Sweden has, uh, when they've integrated the Sweden in Sweden, the system in Sweden, then they just use that and push it on other countries. At the moment, I mean, we have this uh, cashless society. You go to Sweden, you cannot, even the banks don't accept money anymore. It is, it is bizarre. And Denmark is following very closely by now. It is, the cashless society is one um, part of the New World Order agenda, which has been, well, I've known about it since the early 90s. And, and, and this is one of the things that is very scary because it's very handy that you can do everything with your credit card. But the thing is, now, if you have a problem with your credit card, maybe it doesn't work or something like that, it's been damaged or something, you can always put a, a coin or whatever, pay with coins or, or bills and so. But once the, current, the cash is gone, you are totally in the power of whoever controls your, the chip in your, in your credit card. And what they also want to do is microchip all of us globally Meaning that, uh, oh, it's even more handy. You don't even need a credit card. You can just need, need use the chip in your hand. But whoever controls that chip can just turn it off. And once that's turned off, you are out of the game. Very, very scary. We're talking about total control, GPS surveillance as well, so they can see wherever you are with this uh, built-in chip. So I would say the cashless society is something to really fear because it has to do with freedom big time. Cash is freedom, cash is king, like they say. So, um, yeah, I think there's something very sinister freedom. about that. I mean, at the, the stroke of a key or a button, you can literally be shut down because whether we like it or not, at the moment, we are living in a society whereby we do rely on currency uh, to, to, to exchange for goods or whatever it might be. We, we need money at the moment in the vast majority of cases. And if that all becomes electronic, well, you've just outlined the, the problems with that. And I think that's, I, I don't think we're very far away from that. Sweden seems to have been the leader in testing these new technologies. So they were the first country in Europe, for example, to abandon the use of checks. And we're seeing that now mirrored everywhere right across Europe. Um, they're being phased out. And 
we're, we're, we're seeing it becoming more and more convenient to use card or electronic forms of currency. You walk into a bank now, it's very, di- very difficult to actually speak to a person. You have to, you're directed to a machine and you do all your transactions. And it's like this soft sell over time, the totalitarian tiptoe, as David Icke might describe it, um, whereby the frog is boiled in a pot very, very slowly so he doesn't jump out and all of a sudden he's boiling and he can't go anywhere. And it does very much feel like that. And do you think I would be correct then in my assessment that Sweden seems to be the experimental ground for the reasons that you've outlined, whereas the people seem to be quite docile or accepting or they won't kind of stand up and fight in the way some other countries might or at least raise um, a flag of objection. Do you think that that is actually what's going on in Sweden and that's why we're seeing a lot of this coming in there first? I totally be. I, this is my absolute strong conviction that this is what's going on. And and you will see, I mean, when I go back to Sweden, I am, I'm shocked. I tell you, where did the money go? Because if you don't know the system, if you haven't got a smartphone, if you haven't got, I mean, you can't even pay the bus. You know, you can't buy a ticket. You can't buy a train ticket. You can't, you're, you're, we go there. We don't have all this, uh, app, the new apps and craps and whatever for all of these different things. Mm. We are totally lost, you know, and, and we grew up there. We've only been away, you know, for five, six years and all of these things have happened. And you go into the bank, they say, no, sorry, we don't deal with cash anymore. What the hell is that? You, you go to a gas station, you know, there, I, I, when, when I was there, they were begging for, for change, you know, because uh, they, didn't, they couldn't get change from the bank. So that they needed to, you know, when somebody paid with cash, they they needed to be to have change to give back, but they didn't have it. So there were big signs, please, if you got if you got change, share with us. And so, bizarre. And now, if you go to the local market, you know, where you where you buy uh, vegetables and so on, they got card readers as well. Some people standing in the in the street, you know, begging for money, have card readers as well. You're not serious. I am. Wow. It's like when, when they're like from foundations and so on, instead of like one of these uh, uh, cans, you know, please give me coins. They have these things where they read or they can just take from your mobile. It's like, wow, what is going on? Like, you know, like uh, the Monopoly, you know that game? Yeah. Where you, where you got uh, fake money and stuff like that. Yeah, and sure. Now, there are credit cards in the Swedish versions. Okay, well, <laughs> so it's like I think we see where not, that's going. Not even, there's not even bills and, and coins or anything like that left in the game. So kids grow up, grow up they have no idea what, the, what money is at all, or used to be. And it's just gone so fast, and Denmark is right after them. And uh, then they will show, oh, look at Sweden. My God, the blue sky, the freedom, the democracy, and they have cashless society, so let's bring it on. You know, bring it to the next country and the next and the next. They Sweden was first also with chipping the passports. They put chips in the passports as yeah. well. So there are all of these things, you know, it just this just like you say, this tiptoeing thing that just grows on people without them knowing it. And totally numb, I would say, just like Pink Floyd, just walking around, oh I'm so free, oh I'm so lucky, I'm so happy to but I feel miserable. People don't understand they're under such pressure in this country where everything looks so beautiful on the surface. But uh, 
It's it's an amazing and, and sorcerer's is, trick to make somebody love their servitude, isn't it? It is very simple when you look at it. it it's even called a Stockholm syndrome. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you can't make this thing up. It's uh, how how to do it. I mean, you just how do they do slogans? How do they do all of these things? Marketing agencies, psychologists, they they have the best people on their playlist, you know, so they can just recruit anyone and and uh, manipulate us. And, and propaganda is when you when you look, I mean, I couldn't believe it. Also, I think Sweden is really interesting because this is the world that is being, or the the country in the world that is being pushed forward as a fantastic example of how how you can how life can be. Yeah. But when you look at what Sweden was before the assassination of Ola Palme and what it turned into after the assassination of Ola Palme, totally different country. And this is why I call my book Coup d'etat in slow motion it was a coup d'etat but it happened it was like boom the shots were fired and then slowly 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 the forces moved into position so that nobody really understood what had actually happened yeah and that's what i wanted to ask you about like was was olaf palma the latest in a long line of I'm not going to say anti-establishment, but perhaps prime ministers or leaders who weren't part of this agenda and everything changed. The agenda kicked in from from that point on. Or what was the reason for the assassination in that case? This is exactly what I try to avoid. John, I know I've, I I've been pushing you on this one. <laughs> I would no, but if we can do one show and only focus on that case, then I'll be happy to go through it. But do you know what? Let's start, let's do that in the future. Let's do a specific yeah, sure. uh, a specific for show sure. because I'm very very interested in it, and it's an area that I don't necessarily understand a huge about uh, amount about myself, and I think it might connect a lot of dots for me as well as a lot of listeners. So let's do that. Let's do a specific show on that in the future. But in the meantime, we'll continue with our more general conversation, I think. It, it was not a, a, a usual assassination. It did not, it looked like that on the surface, but something totally different was, uh, was working underneath. And that is why I would prefer if we can focus on that, because what I'm going to say is so outrageous that most people will just go, like, oh my God, that cannot be true. So I prefer to get maybe an hour first to just build up a, a foundation uh, to to sort of build up credibility, uh-huh. and then uh, I will tell you what actually happened because it is unbelievable. Is that okay? That's Sarah? fantastic. I'll be looking forward to that, and we can examine the book then in in great depth and detail as well. That'll be really good. Anytime you want. Super. Well, to get back to what we were talking about then, and I mean, obviously th- that all fits in. Let's look at some solutions or what can people do? Because it can be quite bleak to hear about a microchipping agenda or uh, false flags nonstop. And there, there seems to be very little that we can do as individuals to control or to stop the flow. But you're not one of these people who kind of sits back and says, oh, it's all woe is me, doom and gloom. You've got a lot of solutions, a lot of practical um, thought with regard to how we can be positive about the world around us. And you did mention that you're very optimistic earlier on as we were chatting. So let's look at the positive side of things and what can we take from this? What lessons are there for us? And moving into the future, how can we actually take control of our own lives and stop the, uh, the totalitarian onslaught, for want of a better term? 
Well, for, for sure, I am super optimistic. I, with my knowledge of, of, for after all of these years, I should be the one so depressed and hanging from a rope from the ceiling, I yeah, think. Yeah, exactly. But, but on the contrary, I am super optimistic. If you want negativity, I'm the wrong guy. But so what to do with it? The thing is you have to look at first understand they are so few. We are so many. Mm. There's a, a fantastic little animation you can find it on YouTube. It's called The Tiny Dot. Oh, yeah, I'm familiar with see, it, yeah. Oh, love it, love it, because it, it illustrates so clearly what this whole thing is about. So first of all, understand you're not a victim. The only reason we're in this situation is because most of us have been asleep. Okay, so... A very good idea is even though it is painful, it's wakey-wakey time. Mm. Wake up, smell the coffee, see what's going on. Because on one level, you know that something very wrong is going on at the moment. So you just have to find out, okay, so what is actually happening and who's doing it? And soon, I would suggest, you will find out that there's a little, little small group called uh, the so-called elite, they love that word, they call and name themselves the elite, uh, that is behind what is called the New World Order. There's so much information on the internet about this, massive, massive amounts of information. But when you read this, it's very easy to go into a deep depression or fear or, or just hopelessness and so on. Wrong way to approach it. The solution is not to just get, gain a lot of information and more and more and more information and spread it out like black goo to the rest of the surroundings with just uh, making everyone want to kill themselves. Not the solution. Instead, get the picture. See that they are so few, we're so many. It's just like if you had a serial killer in a, in a capital in, in London or something like that. One person with a mad mindset can terrorize the whole city. Absolute joke, you know? One person just, there he is, sit on him, wait for him to give up, and then let's go have a beer. beer. Yeah. They are so, so be aware of, they're very few, and but they're using media. It's the black box in front of you. That is their tool. And it's like a sewage, an open sewage coming into your living room into your children's room, pumping a lot of crap that you're not even aware of what it is they're doing to your subconscious and to your children and so on. So there's this fantastic button on the remote. It's normally red and it says off. <laughs> that, that is a magic button. You press that one, you close the sewage. Mm. No, but I'm... I, I am a, a responsible old dog. I'll need to, I need to be informed. Very true, but from the right sources. Turn it off. Turn it off because that is the tool. There would happen some very strange things in your life because after a week or so of, of uh, withdrawals, suddenly you will start feeling better. You know, stop reading newspapers. These, th it's like detox, uh, what do you call it? De, uh, detox uh, for the mind? Uh, a detox for the mind, yeah. And also start looking around yourself. Look around, oh my God, I've got a wife, I've got children. Maybe we should have dinner together instead of just sitting in front of this black box while being attacked by sewage. Uh, 
and start talking to each other, start caring for each other and so on, on a, in the family uh, surroundings. Then start including your neighbors and friends in the neighborhood and start doing selfless deeds, you know. How can I help? What can I do to help to lift this whole thing? How can I, you know, like live by example, show that you can become aware of these things and still stand positive, strong, loving and helpful. Be helpful, easeful, peaceful, useful, you know, and make a difference and be aware of whatever it is you're being pumped at. When something scary happens, when they say, boo, this horrible thing has happened. Says who? Says the black box in front of you. Okay, that says you should be scared. Okay, before I get scared, take a deep breath and then ask yourself, who benefits from me being scared? That's the big question, yeah. Who benefits from me buying this crap? And then if that is, maybe it's for real, maybe there is a reason to be scared, then be scared. But if the answer is, the bankers, the New World Order, the whoever, the, to, that they are the ones benefiting from you being, becoming fearful, then just don't. You know, start purifying your mind with meditation and other ways. Take a walk in the forest, be with your kids and so on. Breathe, get oxygen into your body, get out of the sofa, move around, and just start... Okay, and then once you're in balance, then you can make a decision based on the information being served. But also check out for alternative sources in Blackburn. Do I know anybody in Blackburn or Blackpool or wherever? I'm going to call them. You call them and say, listen, I've just been told that this happened. Is that true? And many, many times when you can contact people on location, they will say, what are you talking about? I have no idea. I live here in the south of Spain. We live in a place where on international media, I've seen it so many times, there are all of these boats with refugees coming from Morocco, drowning and they're being saved. And oh, it's so dramatic. There are all of these photos of them. They're supposed to come here. I've lived here for 16 years. I have not seen one boat, one refugee, one drama. Where are they? It is being pumped through this black box. And it's all the time there to get you fearful, to feel invaded. Oh, my God, there's all of these refugees, all of these wars, all of these terrorists, all of these bombs, all of these viruses. Absolutely not. Go on location and you will find out. Do you know, like when the Ebola thing was going on? Yeah, yeah. Oh, God, it was like the Ebola virus, the Zika virus, all of these viruses, by the way, the patents are are owned by the CDC in Atlanta, that's the disease for the Center for Disease Control, they are the ones owning the patents, the Zika virus, and was in from 1947. And now they spread it out. So, oh my God, we're under attack. No, we're not. They are pumping this crap out to get fearful so that we will use their vaccines. Stay away from the needles, I tell you. All of these vaccines are horrific what they do to your children, horrific. They are awful, awful, awful. So before you do anything to your kids or yourself, please, I beg you, inform yourself what is inside these vaccines because not even the doctor or the nurses are aware of them and the doctors get paid per vaccine delivered. I mean, 
Whew, scary, scary. Yeah, it is amazing. Yeah. And I think th- th- the point that you made about have a look critically at who benefits from whatever is going on, no matter what it is. I mean, if there's something you're not sure about, who benefits from it? And start from there. If that's your starting point, you've got quite a good bedrock or basis for a critical analysis of something. They control us through fear. So I say, let's not get afraid. Mm. That's the whole thing, you know? It's, uh, and when you look at it, it's like, a, a, it's like a trick pulled off by a magician. Do you, know, do you know The Wizard of Oz? I love that story yeah. where there's this very, very powerful wizard that uh, this uh, beautiful little girl with her dog, Dorothy and Tito, whatever the, no, whatever, I can't remember the, the, the name, Toto, the name of the dog. They go to this palace. No one else dares to go there, but they dare to go there because the only thing they want is go back to the way it used to be, where everything was in balance and beauty and harmony. That's what they want to return to, which is exactly what we want to as well. Mm. But there's this terrific wizard of Oz. So they go there and there's this voice in this big castle saying, I'm powerful and you're weak, you're weak, like this. But instead of running away, which everybody else would do, this brave little girl, just stands there and then she suddenly sees that there's this uh, electrical cord that disappeared in behind a, a curtain there. So she go, walks up there, pulls the curtain and there's this tiny little old guy, because they're all old guys, most of these people, sitting with a microphone and a massive amplifier. That is a perfect illustration. These so-called elite people are very weak, most of them old absolute cowards, absolute criminals. The only talent they have is to be able to lie, kill, manipulate, steal, rob, deceive. These are the talents they've got. But they look nice. They've got nice suits. They've got nice cars. And they've shaved properly so they look good on TV when they deliver whatever message their masters tell them to deliver. Who scary bunch of people, but very weak. They have no backbone, no courage. So the only thing it takes is a strong soul that just stands up and says, I'm not buying this. I'm not doing it. When they say, let's go to war. I say, you go. You bring your kids. I would love to see it. I will stand in the background and applaud if you do well. But these people are never the ones doing it. They're sending us like, like cannon fodder, like what they call, we're being called useless the leaders and so on, very charming and so on. But John, I, I tell you, I wrote um, some lyrics in 1997. I, I had the immense pleasure of meeting uh, David Icke in, I think it was the early 90s in Stockholm. Mm-hmm. He was there. I, I'd never heard of him. We, we were like 80 people in the audience. And uh, for me, it was incredible because at that point I'd, I'd been trying for years and years to find out what actually happened in Sweden with the Swedish uh, prime minister. And there was all of these leads pointing upwards, sort of like in a cone shape. And I, I only came to a certain level and then everything disappeared in fog. And then I went to listen to this guy called David Icke. And within a few hours, he had put sort of the top of the pyramid on the whole thing, showing what was actually going on absolutely mind-changing or, or life 
life-changing. It was uh, an incredible experience. But uh, after that, uh, I wrote these uh, lyrics because uh, it really made a big difference. So would it be okay if I just read it? Absolutely, go for it. Okay, I, I recorded it also. I recorded an album uh, called From Prison to Paradise. Um, I, you can find it on my website, lightonconspiracies.com. Uh, all the music is there and so on. And uh, this uh, it's called From Prison to Paradise. And it goes like this. Please remember, this was written some, what is that, 20 years ago or something like that. So, but I believe that we, it's still very up to date. So it goes like this. Once upon a time, in a place not far from here, there was so much loneliness, despair, and oh, so much fear. Darkness ruled all over the land. There were lightning in the sky, causing wars and separation, with no one knowing why. These evil times raised leaders disguised as kind and true, hiding the truth in misty fog so only very few people knew. Controlled by an elite few, manipulating you and me, closing out the light and power that can make us all be free. Wake up, wake up, we gotta wake up. Wake up, wake up, we gotta wake up now. Forced by invisible powers, demanded to conform into shapes unknown to mankind, making him totally abnormal. Drowned in debts and sorrows, blaming others for their lot, made man believed to be inferior, feeling tiny like a dot. And then we come to where we are now in 2016, I believe. But then came times of change covering countries and their towns. Few became many and soon the prison walls came down. Starting with the men in the mirror staring right back into their eyes, understanding that this was a chance to stop those hideous lies. Unhappiness is merely an illusion of misery based on brainwash and a misconception of true reality. From now on, let's build bridges between our souls and hearts so we together can rejoice when the final change come to a start wake up wake up we gotta wake up wake up wake up we gotta wake up now turning prison into paradise may seem too much to achieve but believe me it only takes one strong spirit to be free the true power of a pyramid is never ever at the top instead it's we the people that can make this global game stop did you get it wake up wake up we gotta wake up now Powerful words indeed. And remind us, Ole, of where people can actually get their hands on the music. It's, uh, you can download it for free from my website, lightonconspiracies.com. Uh, I, I would like to say that I'm a one-man band. I'm not a part of a group. I'm not funded by anyone. I'm totally devoted my life to exposing these things for all of us because we're all in the same boat. If, uh, if the boat goes down, all of us go down. Mm. So if you want to support me, please, there are the donation buttons. There's a newsletter to describe to membership. Uh, I've got several books on Amazon and on the website as well. And uh, I just also want to mention that my sweetheart, uh, Kim Kamala Ekman, has uh, written a, a very powerful book. It's called So What Can I Do? You can find that on Amazon as well. And we'll get the link and up on our website as well. Excellent, because this is the question that people keep asking. Okay, 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 I get it, but so what can I do? So it's a perfect title, I think. And what she's done is that uh, uh, she's not an author, but she's a mother of three who are concerned about what's going on. And so she put 
together like 14 questions that are and not really understanding what's going on and what to do about it. So these questions are sort of like uh, anything from uh, it's about what, what about the banking system, the whole thing about us being in debt illegally, uh, chemtrails, vaccines, uh, how to keep your spirit high, these type of questions. And she asked uh, um, eight different researchers, uh, myself included, I was very honored to be part of it, uh, David Icke, Dr. Kevin Barry, uh, Cynthia McKinney, incredible politician, um, Sophia Smallstorm, uh, who I met, David, did I say David Icke? Yeah. I did. Uh, Sen Gardner, um, Kerry Cassidy from Project Camelot, and so on. So all of all got the same questions, and the answers are very different. Uh, so, but it's very interesting because all of all of the ones involved comes back to the same thing: that it's a matter of love, the power of love, not buying into fear, and that compassion and Forgiveness to a certain extent is the way forward how to transcend this whole thing and not hit back in violence Because this is what they want. They're sort of poking us Provoking us trying to get us into riots and so on so that they can totally squash us But violence is their language. It is not the one that will make a difference. I I totally honor and and uh, admire the way of Martin Luther King and and his uh, guidance through this Mahatma Gandhi, who showed that it is actually possible to do this without violence. Because if you use violence, you're in their game, and that's where their power is so powerful. They will totally destroy you. If you use love, the power of love, I'm not talking about this fancy thing of falling in love, I'm talking about the real power, that can transcend things in my point of view. I think that's so important and even the word love is misunderstood I think I mean there are there are three forms of love if you want to take it back to what love is love being the opposite of fear of course um, I mean there's eros which is the erotic love or the romantic love that we generally associate it with love hearts valentine's day falling in love finding that special person etc but there are two other forms of love philos which is kind of the love based on maybe the friendship between two people that's a form of love as well and there's agape that unconditional love that maybe a parent would have for their child and when you combine that trinity if you like that's what real love i think that's the love you're speaking about that's the opposite of fear and that's should be the basis for all of our actions or all of our thoughts and for so many of us it just isn't we don't see that 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 trinity we just see the romantic love when we hear the word love and we think okay well it's all that kind of i don't know that soppy stuff that i'm not all about particularly guys i mean men are great for just throwing that word on the scrap heap because they want to seem alpha male or masculine or whatever it is and to me there's nothing more masculine than actually living your life in love because who wants to live in fear do we want um, nobody unless maybe as you mentioned earlier you want to watch a horror movie um, and scare the bejesus out of yourself that's one thing but who wants to live in fear yet we are consuming a diet of fear it's, it's almost like there's p fear porn in the media 24 7 so as you say grab that red button on the remote control turn the feckin' thing off and live in love the real form of love I think that, that what you've said there is powerful I mean that is that's the real solution to it isn't it do you know in the universe uh, it's all built on frequencies on vibrations mm. and 
I would say that fear is the lowest of the low, pure terror. It's the lowest free, uh, frequency in the universe. And love is the highest. It's even higher than the frequency of thought. And if you do experiments in laboratories, I've seen when they take a, a high frequency and a low frequency and let them meet, they, it's not that they start fighting in the middle and it comes out sort of like in a gray zone in the middle. The lower one just get annulled. It yeah. just disappears when it meets a higher frequency. That is one of the rules in the universe. And I think, not that I'm religious, but I think Jesus and Buddha, these type of guys, they were sort of like super hackers understanding this matrix and came to the conclusion that whatever the problem is, why not just meet it with a higher frequency and then dissolve the problem? The, the lower frequency will just be dissolved. Just like when you go into a dark room, you switch on the light, boom, the shadows go. The darkness just leave. It's yeah. not that there's not a fight. It just disappears. And so my suggestion, and I think that was what Jesus said as well, well, while we're at it, why don't you use the highest frequency at all times, that will just solve whatever problem. And that is exactly what I think he says, meet everything with love. Whatever is being pushed at you, thrown at you, whatever, use love and it will disappear. And I tell you, I've seen some fantastic, powerful uh, things and I use it myself. For instance, when... Since, like I say, I go to all of these uh, places, I've been almost arrested by Delta members in Norway, I've been threatened in different countries and so on. But I come in love, I come in peace. And what I do is, uh, when, I be, when I'm confronted by one of these uh, people in, you know, black uniforms and shotguns, I don't know what they are, very aggressive, screaming, shouting, whatever. What I try to do, when I look at the face screaming at me, I, I turn down the volume and I, I focus on the face. And instead of seeing a monster, I try to keep my mind in balance. So what I do is I keep repeating to myself, the word that works for me is divine. I mean, it might sound new agey, but that's the one that sound, works for me. Mm -hmm. Divine, divine, divine. He's somebody's son. He's somebody's brother. He's somebody's father. He doesn't know what he's doing. He believes he's right divine divine forgive him divine so when i when i keep my mind occupied with with this divine 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 i i stop it from getting into fear mode because it's very easy to get freaked out in a situation like that but what i've seen is that if i get scared or if people get scared in that situation the chances of getting hurt is so much bigger than if you stand in love so so what happens, the, the magic that happens is that if, if the one party of this confrontation is focused in love, arms down, totally defenseless, but in the power of love, the one with all the weapons and the bulletproof vest and all that crap and aggression and screaming, whatever, they get very confused. Why is that individual not bending over? Why is he not down on his knees crying? Can he not see how powerful I am? Mm. So I focus on the eye. Their, their eyes are often very black. But if you look at the spark, the human spark there, because it is it's there, just focus on it without judgment. And boom, when you see it, you just... There's like a, I don't know, it's like a magic millisecond when suddenly you can see the humanity in this person. And that, at that point, it's like 
pulling out the detonator in a in a in a charge of of the C4 explosives, you pull it out and it's defused. It something magical happens, but you cannot manipulate this. You need to be in in that space of judgment and the power of love. And it's happened several times where in these situations from being very threatening and then a few minutes down the line after this has happened, suddenly they give me their business card, you know, the the personal here. Uh, Yeah, I know I work extra in the SWAT team, but if you need any help, here's my number. Just give me a call or or would you have a minute? Did you know maybe we can have a beer? You know, I got problems. And that's actually happened. Yeah. Yeah, I'm living it. This is I'm, I'm. you know, so far so good. I'm, I, you know, you you cannot manipulate these things because it you can get very hurt if you, um, how should I say, if you only pretend you really have to work on your yourself, your heart, purify yeah. your mind, and so on. But this is uh, also when I approach these people, because sometimes I need to, if you go straight towards them, it's just like, uh, you know, like uh, in the animal uh, Mm -hmm. kingdom, uh, when if an animal approaches straight towards you, there's an attack going on. It's the same with these type of people. If you go, if you walk straight up towards them, they will feel attacked, you know. So what I do I walk, uh, I take a bend out to the left put, with my back towards them and then slowly I back up towards them while speaking to someone else and then bump into them, you know, and then it becomes like, oh, sorry, sorry. And suddenly you have a personal uh, human connection instead of a uh, SWAT team and mm. somebody they need to knock the head off. Do, do you know these type of, of small little tricks that that can spark the humanity between two people. And that is the key because these people believe in what they're doing. They've been so brainwashed and manipulated. They truly believe I am the enemy, but I'm not. I'm there for all of us, you know. I'm, and it's not me as a person. I'm just a symbol at that time for what is true and right and, and beautiful. And they're a symbol of oppression and fear and brutality. So it's just a matter of bypassing these different roles take off the you know when you take off the bulletproof vest and the batons and the weapons and everything they're just mr joe smith the normal guy who's Mm. been totally misunderstood and maybe had a rough childhood and whatever and got a kick out of getting into a uniform but what these people need to understand as well i think it's so important to reach people in uniform because they are the ones that are protecting they lead from the rest of us. They're the ones protecting this very, very awful agenda. And they don't understand that there's absolutely no loyalty from this elite few towards them. Yeah. As soon as they are not needed, they will just get rid of them. Doesn't matter if they're a colonel or whatever, they will just chop your head off. So same with people sitting in Cheltenham and uh, these Places, you know, like MI6, MI5, surveillance and things like this and trying often to sabotage them. Please, they don't understand either that they're shooting themselves in the foot Mm. because we're all in the same boat. You know, so it's time to wake up for all of us. Yeah, and I really like that approach you're taking because it reminds me of a little experiment that I was told about a good few years ago and 99% of the time it works. If you're in an argument with somebody... 
Instead of arguing back straight away, just smile at them. It's amazing what a smile can diffuse. And I think that on an energetic level is down to the vibrational energies that you've been speaking about. I mean, you have a higher vibration. Automatically, you're raising your vibration. Even if it's a forced smile, it's still a smile and it has an effect. And it, it, it is remarkable how many niggly little arguments can be diffused just by that smile. Again, you're reaching the humanity of the person. You're acting in love instead of fear. And I think that's so important what you've just outlined there and given an example of. It's, it's also, do you know the art of Aikido, uh, which I think is absolutely beautiful. Do you know where they have like, it looks like black skirts on, uh, it's a martial art, but all mm. of it is a matter of circular motions. And what they do is, it's almost like dancing, but when you're attacked, instead of standing, you know, like with karate, for instance, or Kung Fu, it's mm. very brutal force against force very yeah. edgy and powerful and so on but what in aikido what they do is they're in total balance they're being attacked what they focus on is inner balance then get out of the way so they take a step to the side for instance if there's an attack from the front yeah they take a step so that they are out of the line of fire type of thing and then uh, the blow or if let's say somebody is hitting them you just take the, the, you change the direction of that blow into a circular downward motion so that that person falls over on their own account. They're the ones falling, you know, losing balance and falling. And then you make sure that they don't hurt you themselves uh, in a beautiful round motion as well. So boom, and then you control them yeah, and then just say, okay, fine, I will hold you here until you calm down. Nobody's hurt. There's no no force against force yeah. it's just a matter of redirecting it in a in an emotional and caring way and i think it's the same with these uh, forces you know by exposing these things it's like i have i have no hatred towards these people i don't feel uh, people pulling these false flag operations off i i pity them because the the level of quality nowadays come on nobody can be proud of this crap they're pulling off now but there's no hate. There's no aggression. I just want them to stop it. You know, leave us alone. Leave us alone. We've had enough. You know, back off. And instead of being 1% controlling the rest, become one of our, all of us. Let's unite. Let's redistribute the wealth. Let's party. Let's have a global dance party and stop this bullying. It's enough, you know. And... Uh, Unity, peace, compassion, forgiveness, the way forward. I absolutely agree. And I think that's a very fine place to leave it on a positive note and a high vibrational note also. Oli, it's been fantastic speaking to you for the last hour and a half on alchemy. And I very much look forward to having your chat as well um, in the future and the not too distant future about Olaf Palma. And we can go into that in great depth. Remind us of the website once again. And if there's anything then you would like to sign off with, by all means, hit me with it. I won't hit you with it. I will <laughs> serve you with it. Yeah. Perfect. My website is lightonconspiracies.com. Conspiracies, because there's more than one, but you will see it's the same force behind most of them. Uh, my books are Coup de Time, Slow Motion, uh, Shadow of Tears, Remind Me, and Yolanda Yoga Panda. 
And my sweetheart's book is uh, So What Can I Do? Very recommended. And like I said, I'm a one-man band, so please, uh, there are donation buttons on my website. Uh, there's a newsletter um, membership area and so on. Th these are the only ways of, uh, for income that I have because I've done hundreds and hundreds of interviews and I don't, I don't ever get paid. I don't get paid for participating in books or conferences. I get the ticket paid there and so on, but nothing else. So uh, not the glitter and glamour maybe people think it is. But uh, by the way, I have to tell you, though, that uh, I've been invited to as one of the speakers to the JFK assassination conference in Dallas in November, which is uh, really, really big for me. Well, that'll be very, very interesting. Of course, that was one of the uh, the first conspiracies, if you want to call it that, that set you on your way as well. Yeah, and I, the one that invited me is Judith Ferry Baker, who was the mistress of Lee Harvey Oswald, and who was also recruited by the CIA to create a bioweapon against Fidel Castro. So that on its own, I, I love this woman. She is uh, very, very, very brave. And so just to join her in Dallas, that on its own will just be amazing. You'll have to come back on air and let us know how that goes as well. Listen, John, anytime, anywhere, any, anything I can do to make this world a better place, count me in. However many times you want me on the show or whatever, if you can get me to conferences or whatever, sort it out financially so I can make it there and I'm, I'm there. Frontline, whatever is needed count me in well the word is out and I'm very much looking forward to meeting in the future as well it's yeah. been an enlightening conversation and one that I've thoroughly enjoyed and that's why I'm looking forward so much to speaking again I have the power you have the power we have the power Ola Damagord thank you so much for talking to me on Alchemy my absolute pleasure can I finish with a prayer absolutely I'm not a religious person but I'm a spiritual being and uh, this is a, a, a prayer that my Raja Yoga teacher uh, uses. Her name is Nelani Chelram. And Raja Yoga, that is yoga for the mind, not the body. I can totally recommend it. That has helped me so much. Mm -hmm. But the prayer goes like this. May the entire universe be filled with peace and joy, love and light. May everyone, and especially the ones who heard us, be filled with peace and joy, love and light. Victory to that light. Because the secret is we all need to heal. They need to heal as well. Otherwise, this madness will just continue. Alchemy. 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 Alchemy.
This week's episode of Alchemy Radio. Remember, we rely on donations to keep the show in its current free and ad-free format and are very, very grateful indeed for any help you can offer. We put no fixed cost on your donations and every little helps. So, for example, if you could spare even the price of a cup of coffee every month, it would go a long way towards keeping us afloat. Our donate button is on the website and your support and assistance is hugely appreciated. Indeed, thank you to everybody for your recent help support... Indeed, thank you to everybody for your recent help and support. We couldn't do it without you. Our next guest is Clint Richardson. We'll be discussing the legal system, terminology and lots more besides. Until then, I have the power, you have the power, we have the power. Alchemy. Alchemy. Care. Will. Intelligence. Imagination.